Oh yeah, everybody. It's that time. We are live from the RMJ Studios. This is Bar, Bar Stars. Stars. Cheers, my friends. Eight o'clock on Friday night, I'm loading up my car. Driving to the show, man, I forgot my guitar. Mama always told me that I'd never go far. Well, screw that, I'm a bar star. <laughs> we got my buddy, Mr. Ricky Miles Jr. here. Yes, sir. My co-host. I'm Danny Corey. DC asshole whatever you want to call me <laughs> we're here doing this podcast now i've never done a podcast that might be apparent from the way this has sounded thus far but we're doing this just something kind of you know people saw ricky's post and on facebook and there seemed to be a decent amount of interest in it and i think people are wondering what's it going to be about and i've had friends kind of call me and say so you're gonna talk about bars and bands every week or, or every month rather this is gonna be a monthly show um and yeah kind of but it's not gonna be your you know probably what people are thinking um we're not looking to make this a show that is a critic style show we're not experts here um we're not here to go out and try food at a bar and tell you whether it's good or it sucks i like most food it's apparent as well if you look at me <laughs> i'm not that picky of an eater are you trying to say you're fat i'm trying to say that i am pleasantly plump <laughs> and when i get out of the shower i see less of my manhood every day but so it's not about that. It's not going to be about, oh, we saw this band and they sucked. And it's not going to be anything like that. Yeah. This is meant to be positive. Yeah, no bashing. Yeah, none of that. Because there's plenty of videos out there you could pull up of me that you could bash. <laughs> Especially if it's around, if it was taken around 1.30 a.m., six beers, four honey jacks in. Things can be <laughs> a little rough at those times. Well, Labatt Blue's tasting good. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is just really something we enjoy talking about. And I figured, why not talk about it, record it? People can listen to it if they want, have their ideas, maybe learn from something cool we've said or smart and intelligent or learn because we say something really stupid that makes no sense. That just makes no fucking sense. I mean, it's just bullshit. Fuck. Um, what this is going to be more of more of the type of thing of it's more about cover bands which really don't seem to get any respect in this world um people really aren't looking i don't know people just kind of look at it and say oh well you play other people's music and they don't really realize that was a nice belch yeah you like that yeah <laughs> cheers to that cheers People really don't look at cover bands and, and really admire the musicianship, which, I mean, it's it's kind of crazy because we did the original thing. And I'm not saying that original bands are bad or I don't respect that. I do. And without original bands, cover bands have no job. Um, but at the same time, I think that you have the same type of thing there. You have 
people who really take it seriously and work hard at it. And you have people who just do it for fun and that's fine. But I don't think that the talent level is any less. It's, it's just different. Right. Uh, Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, a lot to everybody, anybody out there who's going to be listening to this is a lot of, a lot of things that a lot of people don't know uh, about myself or Danny is we, you know, a lot of musicians out there know that we've been on the circuit for the cover scene and everything, but we've also, before all of that, was out in the original circuit, <clears throat> and uh, we did it for quite a few years, made some EP albums, uh, <laughs> pretty jumped in a van and traveled just about everywhere and anywhere. Yeah, everywhere we could. We tried to go on tour, and our fan, our van broke down in Belleville. <laughs> so we didn't make it that far. We were, we, were, we were heading to Chicago. We were headed to Chicago. We had a little, little long weekend tour planned, and we were headed out of the state, and the van broke down in Belleville, Michigan, which is 45 minutes from... Where we fucking drove away from, <laughs> so because unfortunately we were <clears throat> using an older van pulling a big ass trailer. Yeah, yeah, and we didn't know anything about anything when it came to vans and trailers <laughs> and what you might need to look into and what might need to happen. Or hey, this van's old. Maybe it can't pull this thing. I think we got a trailer that was three sizes bigger than it <laughs> needed to be. <laughs> But there was only U-Haul didn't have anything in stock at the time because oh. everybody was moving during that era. Um, <clears throat> so I just, we, I just remember the van pulling up <laughs> with the trailer in front of the house, and I was like, "Oh my god, are we moving?" Yeah, it was fucking huge. <clears throat> but yeah, other than that, it was still awesome. It was a good time. I wouldn't uh, trade it because we ended up we ended up jumping on a show that night, anyways. We did, and it was a big show. Romeo, somewhere up in Romeo or something. Yeah, it was. It was. It was at a church, which churches tend to support the live music thing a lot more. And you don't have to be a Christian band, but it seems especially at the time they supported the live music thing a lot locally. And you could play really good shows um, in those scenarios. People came out and loved it. Um, So that was a lot of fun. But, but yeah. So, anyways. we we spent many years experience on it, doing all that as well and uh in my opinion uh it's it's one hand and the other doing the original and the cover scene i agree it's um, not like a oh you know disrespect is old you gave yeah. up and i guess uh, as a cover band sure well um, uh, sorry that's uh, okay <laughs> another weird point to throw out there is we actually started as a cover band into the original band back into a cover band yes i mean one and another thing is we have we fortunately got to start at a really really early age 
which typically doesn't happen with most people. Yes, we were highly influenced by <laughs> Mr. Ricky Miles Sr., the um, <laughs> singer singer in, in rhythm guitar player in The Dream, and those guys switched around instruments, so they all played a little bit of everything, which <clears> is partially why I think you and I both got into that as well, um, is through his influence. But, yeah, it, it, we were fortunate enough for that, but... Um, that helped us to be able to format songs and, and, and make songs that I thought were pretty good for my age and in our age. Um, but at some point you hit a point where responsibilities kick in. And when you're playing originals, there's bands yeah, that play I mean, originals that do really well and make money. And there was bands then that were getting guarantees for certain gigs. Yeah. 90% of us weren't. Yeah. And so it, all we were relying on was two EPs at the time, selling them <clears throat> from a year apart of making them, and then merchandise that we, we made. Yeah, a couple shirts that yeah. after about two or three washes <laughs> would peel. <laughs> the lettering was peeling. Some girl <laughs> made them for us. She only charged us $3 a shirt. If anyone if anyone bought those shirts, I... I you didn't hear hey. that. She charged $10 a shirt. There's but, one right there behind you. Yeah, one on the wall behind me. <laughs> we'll have to take a picture of it and let people see it. But uh, we did notice that. We didn't know that was going to happen. Once that started we had, happening, uh, we just kind of started giving them out. We had buttons and uh, <laughs> talk about an 8 by 10 yeah. Hey, you want my eight by ten year guy? We'll sign it for you. <laughs> did we sell those? Yeah. How much did we sell those for? Probably a couple bucks. Uh suckers. Oh, you suckers that bought I got, them. It's right there. Well, I, d- I, I didn't remember if we sold them or not. But uh, basically, point being that that hit a point where yeah, it just wasn't sustainable anymore. <laughs> well, I mean, we went as far as unfortunately our pockets would let us. Um, and then I was, yeah, and then, yeah, life came around. Yes, children came around, and it was it hit a point where you're passionate about music, but you got you to gotta get paid. If you're leaving the house to play it, you got to come back with money. So we chose that, and yeah. not, I'm not dissing on the original band thing. There's so many original bands yeah. that go out and make great music and make a lot of money, and then my band ends up covering their music. So I'm not shitting on it by any means. It just is what it is, but that's kind of where we've ended up. I think that cover bands get overlooked though because when i go out and see a great cover band it you know it energizes me it makes me excited and i want to go see it again i get slightly jealous um just because anytime i'm at a show and a band's kicking ass like i'm like i want to be on stage kicking ass right now yeah but i gotta wait my turn and then i get on stage and hopefully it's a good night and when it is i get that adrenaline rush and it feels great and then I get off stage and long for the next time I'll be up there. Um, but that's that's basically why we're here. We kind of want to talk about that. There's a big community that does this, and we want to talk about that and, and have a discussion and be able to have discussions online. And um, basically the purpose of this is this is going to be the only time that it's just me and, me and Ricky in here. Um, from here, we're going to be getting in. A, a different guest i want to have a different guest every single month every time we do a show and every show will have a different subtopic it may be um it may be about 
sound engineering. It may be about lighting. It may be about just putting on a show, the performance aspect of a show. Um, running a bar. Running a bar. I want to get bar owners in here too. Yes, bar owners, um, waitresses. I'd like to see what someone who's 21 or 22 years old has to say about a cover band and then get somebody in here who maybe is in their 30s or 40s or even older than that somebody who grew up with cover bands and grew up in that where that was the thing they did see what they have to say what do they look for what makes their decision when they're going out on a certain night there's you know there's a lot of I guess psychology that we can tap into that would help us to better promote our shows and and better um better understand the people around us you know it and it's all about all of us listening and helping and giving suggestions and understanding what we need to do so we can all continue to thrive which we are you know i don't think i think that some people say the scene's dead i don't think that's true at all you look at you know just this this toys for tots benefit that happened over at freddy's and it was packed for two days you know that's that's a sign that people are not only willing to donate to charity but they're willing to go out and see bands and spend time with bands um so i mean i i think it's still very much alive there's just we can always find ways to make it better and help each other. And I think that's really what it's all about and what we're trying to do here. Again, I don't want anyone to ever think that, you know, we think we're experts and that we started this podcast because you all need to listen to our advice. Honestly, it's a helpful tool for us because we're going to be getting very wise people in here every month. We're from... talking about, man, I know everything of anything exactly exactly yeah. because i mean w w while we do have 39 40. of almost 40 yeah. years of experience between the two of us there's plenty of guys out there that have oh, almost yeah. that by themselves oh yeah so it has nothing to do with that trust yeah. me no. and i think i kind of wanted to from there go with a little bit obviously we gave you a little background and that's not for us to gloat and again say we know everything it has nothing to do with that it has more just to do with yeah we've been we've been doing this and we're still young so we plan on doing this for a while and we just want to we want to help each other and, and make it thrive and i figured what we could go through is stories of our failures okay <laughs> stories of our we probably got quite a few of those. We have a few of those, and if you think of any, feel free to shout them out. Okay. I uh, I remember one. It's just kind of a funny story. Starting out, funny story to me anyway. Starting out, just starting to book gigs, and we're in the we van with the old man. The old man's driving. The old man is Ricky Miles Senior. He's not that old. He's how young old, at heart. How old were we? Probably. 14 i think okay so yeah that's when we're starting out 14 we're starting to play because i think we had our first gig you said at 13 yes we we played the perch point conservation club at 13 well, you could a real gig real gig correct we didn't get paid for that gig we played that gig it was four songs at a dream show at the perch point conservation club up in buttfuck egypt a bunch of hunters 
and we played it between one of their set breaks and we played oh my gosh we played slide and 3 a.m which are songs that still have not escaped my life <laughs> somewhere somehow some way uh, somebody wants to hear both those songs and i i still kind of enjoy playing them just because they have a weird sentimental value to me um but then you have we played I'm 18 by Alice Cooper but we, we cleverly we cleverly changed it to I'm 13. <laughs> yeah. I'm 13 and I don't know what I want. Yes. <laughs> Man, we were clever. <laughs> and then we played House Party by the Jay Giles Band. We were the fucking shit. My dad was yeah. so excited when we played that. That was 2000 and that was cool, and then we played a talent show a few years, or not a few years, a few months later at the school, and we were the only band in school, so we had no competition, so everyone Dude, thought was, we were amazing. That shit was crazy, because anytime you ever wanted to try to feel what the Beatles felt like back in the day, that felt like it. It did. Because you had a whole gymnasium full of kids with signs of our band name and screaming and... Yes, listening to our prepubescent voices, trying to squeak <laughs> those songs out as best we could. But it didn't matter. The kids were all so nice to us and, and loved it. And suddenly I was popular for like two months. And then we went to high school and yeah. I was a jabroni again. Yeah. Uh, do you remember the uh, songs we played at the... I think uh, it was the... Slide in 3 a.m. because those songs will, <laughs> will never, never escape me. Ever. And then it was... Brown Eyed Girl, which <laughs> hasn't escaped me either. And then it was Closing, Closing Time, time. Okay. Yeah. which we couldn't relate to at all lyrically, but it was a good song. Can relate to that song a lot more now. But we went to that, and then we started getting offers to play other things. People thought, hey, you guys are cute, and you're not terrible. <laughs> <laughs> You're not great, but you're not terrible. Maybe we could have you at our wedding or something. And we're sitting there in the van one day driving, cold wintry night. And I remember your dad, nothing's free. Gigs are not free. He's not talking about benefits and things. Of course, you want to do those things. But obviously, he's like, someone's hiring you for an event. It's not free. And not long after that long conversation... <laughs> Hey, uh, your stepdad's buddy was having a wedding. <laughs> oh, okay, I know where you're fucking going with this. Yeah. <laughs> so, in reality, stepdad's buddy is probably booking us to be nice. You know? He, he was a cop. <laughs> he was. He was a great guy, and, and, he, and he passed away pretty tragically. So, that it's, you know, R.I.P. Um, funny yeah. guy. Just the few interactions we had with him. He, he fucking was hilarious. rocked out to us, though. He did rock yeah. out to us, but, I mean, looking back now, being his age, what he was then, he yeah. was probably looking at it like, okay, like, these are my my buddy's stepson's band, yeah. so let's get them. The, it'll be adorable yeah. if these guys are down there playing songs. And so we get told that, and so I call him, and I charge him. <laughs> Gigs aren't free. That's what I was just told by the pro, by the man, by the, man. The, the the guy that we had been looking up to for years to get to this moment. Gigs are not free. 
So I called him and said, um, yeah, sir. <laughs> Your ass better be ready to pay. I didn't say it like that at all. I was very nice. Oh, my God. But... <laughs> And I remember he sounded a little taken off guard by that, too, <laughs> on the phone. He's like, oh, did, oh okay, did, okay. <laughs> did he expected you to pay? I mean, uh, call him? I don't think he did. I don't think he expected me to call him, and I don't think he expected <laughs> me to charge him money. <laughs> my 14-year-old ass being like, look, buddy, <laughs> give me the bacon or we ain't showing. <laughs> <laughs> So your stepdad yeah. proceeds to rip you a new asshole oh verbally God. over it. Because, like, I'm the fucking guy who called him and said, you're paying me. Yeah. Sometimes. He was not happy. There are times in life. My. Me and Ricky have been friends since first grade. There are times in life where I have taken blame for shit that I did not do. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole nother story. <laughs> this is a time... That he took blame for shit I did. And I'm sure yeah, that it's... they were just trying to send the message down to me. Like, look oh, here, yeah. asshole. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty much what he said. Uh, no, <laughs> my stepdad is a retired firefighter and never had children and was a complete hard ass. So uh, Another great guy. Another funny he, guy. Yeah. Another guy that I learned life lessons just through being here, <laughs> listening to him. Give lectures, and if I was here for the lecture for you, I was getting it too, <laughs> even if it had nothing He's to do with like, me. Oh, yeah, oh, God. So, so it was. But I know he's he's a great guy, and uh, but he he's tough, and and, and he did what? So, <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, I ended up calling him back. With my tail between my legs. I was like, hey, man, don't worry about it. Okay. We got there. We played. Good time. And then, yeah, it was in a basement. It was kind of fun. And yeah. uh, then he, the, the, the guy booking the show, the guy having the event, um, because I think their wedding, their real wedding was off location location somewhere. Yeah, they, so were they, just, they had a big, big party. Yeah. So <clears throat> then. And it was huge. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of people. There was a lot of people there, and he brought me in, like, the back utility room. He's like, hey, man, you guys rocked. Yeah. He threw me some bacon. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was kind of afraid to take it. You bunch of get the, your ass whooped. But now it's like either I'm going to get beat up by a police officer for not taking his money, or I'm going to get beat up by the firemen, <laughs> who both could probably kick my ass today. So... Uh, we left it at that, but that was, we went out, had a good time, couldn't drink, obviously 14 years old, but it was fun, but it was, it's one of those moments where, you know, especially I think any band starting out, even old, obviously I think a benefit we had was being able to get those kinks out young and don't get me wrong. I still make lots of mistakes. Luckily I don't book the band I'm in anymore. So that helps, but ironing things out and not understanding a certain situation of you know yeah we need this or how much do we ask for what it is well that was a weird situation for sure i think obviously being older it maybe would have been something more where obviously okay yeah you're a friend of the family but we're hauling gear and bringing guys so you gotta give us something uh if anything you know i've done shindigs where Oh, man, someone's trying to break in the house. I've done shindigs where it's been, I give up my money, but pay the rest of the guys because obviously maybe I'm the one that 
has the family tie, but not everybody does. So they got to get paid. And it's just important. I mean, the older I get, the more valuable my time becomes. So in, unless it's a mom or dad oh, or brother dude. or sister, like, I'm probably not doing it for free. Do you think he would have been like, I'm going to go make, I'm going to go and take my time and energy to make you this wood cabinet? Probably not. And do it for free. Probably not in most cases, depending on... No, but on... it was because our age. If sure. we were a lot older, it wouldn't have went that way. Sure. It was because these these are only kids. You expect kids not to know anything. Sure. And that, I think, happens... But we weren't your typical smart-ass kid. Like, we were... <laughs> I don't know how to say this. Talented? We, sure. I think we had a level of talent for our age. I, I yeah, do think that's it's, what I was I do think at the same time, yeah, were we worth a couple hundred bucks? Eh, probably not. But we were worth something. I don't even remember what I charged him, but I, yeah. I think it was like 75 or 100 <laughs> bucks. It was like, look, we got to put gas in our parents' cars because our parents <laughs> drive us around. You know, yeah. at, at that time... We were honing our craft, but well, I, that was the first time too, wasn't it? Sure. So sure, that was, I think that was our first, but quote hey, unquote paid gig. He, but he went. Gooseman ended up seeing like, wow, these guys work hard, are working hard at what they're trying to do as a passion. Sure, and uh, they were totally worth it. So you know what? Hey, here you go. Sure, I, yeah. I, I think that. He seemed to understand at least why it was worth getting paid for when he came down. And that was, I don't know, It's I, I look back on that fondly. I don't look back on that with any sort of, if anything, it was me. I should have, I was just stuck between two people's word that I didn't know which one to take at the time. I was told right. one thing, and I, I, I think. As an older man now, I 100% agree with your dad that, no, gigs aren't free, you know, <laughs> unless unless I'm playing the acoustic at the campfire in mom's backyard, <laughs> it's it's probably not free, uh, or donating yeah, to charity, right, if you're donating your time to charity, of course. The right course. situation. Sure. Yeah. Sure, absolutely. Which we didn't probably understand fully back then. No, it's funny how your brain just doesn't develop it's like well i'm told this so this is what i gotta do <laughs> but in speaking of taking advantage of, of age i feel like that's something that when we even got to be because we were an original band i think right up before we turned 21 um you had a kid on the way it was starting to hit a point where i think we needed to have jobs that maybe demanded more of us and we couldn't afford to travel to cold water michigan to play for 12 people yeah which those were all my own mistakes in themselves as booking gigs two and a half hours away <laughs> still in michigan just across the freaking state so we could play for 12 people so that we'd get more plays on myspace <laughs> really i think well, it was what I mean, it was we didn't know that you never knew what the audience was going to be at each gig. 
True. And I think Port Huron at the time, and I don't know what it's like now, but Port Huron at the time was a prime example of that because you would go up there and these kids were salivating at the mouth for live music (laughs) every single week. Loved it. We played two festivals up there. One was a heavy metal show, and then one was an emo music show. And we were, like, right between. So we were on both of them. is in the Sports Dome. Yeah. And they were both all-day festivals. Both. Guess who headlined that first one? Who? A famous band. Really? From the 80s, I think. Well, oh, Halloween? Yeah. Yeah, I know they were big locally. I don't know how far it got, but yeah, Halloween. I remember Halloween being on that show. I couldn't remember if they were the headliner or not, yeah. but that was very cool. And then we were there the next week, and it was packed, and there's kids slam dancing. And then there was a historic <laughs> place up there called the Nora Grotto, which I've yeah. driven by recently, and it's boarded up. But, I mean, the place is the size of a normal Hazel Park house if you took the walls out. And it's just an open space, maybe slightly bigger than that. But, I mean, it's it it's small. And it would be packed like sardines at 11 a.m., kids ready to dance. So you never knew. But from a financial standpoint and a gasoline standpoint, I probably should have been more strategic with where. But at the time, we just wanted to play it was anywhere good. and everywhere. <clears throat> hey, man, it's about getting your name out. <clears throat> True. That's what it was at the time. And True. True. You know, social media was somewhat new at the time with my, well, to bands. Yeah, and it was a good tool, and social media has really taken a weird, it's helpful still with bands, but at the same time I feel like. We were rocking pure volume first before MySpace came out. Yes, and MySpace had more of a promotion, promotable aspect to it where you could really. I don't even know if that's a proper phrase, but I said it, and it's on recording, so what you going to do? Sue me? But I, uh, I, MySpace, it was easier to connect with individuals, and Facebook's like that too, but Facebook seems to be starting to crack down on that. You can't invite as many people as always, and there's a certain limit, and it's like if it's a show and a band has 5,000 likes on it, they sh- there should be a way for them to invite all their people, but I suppose that really isn't what Facebook was initially intended for, which that's a whole other topic that I'd like to get into at on a show about promotion where I'm thinking that times are changing, almost coming full circle where we may need to be get- getting back to boots on the ground. with Boots on the ground. Yeah, where you're standing on the street. The, handing out those flyers, Handing y'all. out those flyers and, and buttoning flyers up at the bar, you know, before you're going to be there a couple weeks. I think we're headed towards that, but that's something I'd definitely like to get somebody in here who does a good job of promoting and, and talk to them more about it. Um, but go, going back to the age thing and being taken advantage of, I think definitely when we... we we were doing the original thing and then we got out of it and around 22 we put a cover project back together basically based off of our original bandmates but we all just kind of decided hey hey we're gonna make money it it was we did it before we can do it again well it it never went away exactly it's still here and now we're old enough and at the time when you were going out 
I mean, there were more bars that had bands, and the bars were packed oh, every yeah. week. And you're talking like 2007, 2008 when this happened. Every weekend, it's right before the smoking band, and every weekend, every place I went was packed, just absolutely packed, mm -hmm. and that has become a fight a little bit because a lot of those bands were playing every weekend, and it was packed every weekend, Friday, Saturday night. That's, I guess, changed a little bit. It still exists, but it's it, it's harder to do. But that was something that really kind of appealed to me. I was like, I could still be playing for a few hundred people on the weekend. And yeah, I'm playing my own stuff, but I'm playing. I'm playing music. I get to do what I love. And at the end of the night, they actually hand me money as opposed to we all dig in our pockets and give it to whoever owns the band van and be like, hey, man, <laughs> thanks a lot. Take the merch money, dude. We don't need any of it. It's all for gas to get to the next gig that we'll break even on or lose money on. Or spending it on cheeseburgers. Yes, cheeseburgers. Um, Four dollars. <laughs> we had a we had a guy actually take a dip. I guess this maybe is a testament to how bad it is. He was dared. Can I say who? You know, I think that he would like. For people shout to out? know, yes, go ahead. This guy's name that wasn't okay. Our keyboard player of Crestfallen Youth slash yes. Dividing Line, yes, in the beginning, Mr. Reverend James Schofield. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Schofinator. The thing about James Schofield is he is a sport. He is a good sport, and I think that if he thinks people will be entertained by it, even if he's the butt of the joke, he'll, he'll do, do it. it. <laughs> he doesn't care. Because a buddy of us, our merch guy at the time, he ended up joining the band later, but our merch <laughs> guy offered him $10. We were playing out in Port Huron. Or was, we it, right... 20, or was it $20? I, think, I thought it was 10 oh, but... Was but still, it, it was, was November. It was November. Cold it was as shit. It was ten dollars to dip in the water behind the YMCA, and and literally across the friggin' river was Canada. Yeah, and he wouldn't do it. He's like, no, no, not for ten dollars. And the guy's like, okay, oh. I'll buy you McDonald's. Oh yeah. And he goes, okay. <laughs> Now, this dude, James, Jimmy, as we call him, was so accustomed to getting off the dollar menu. So he goes in, dips in the water, stays in there for 10 seconds. By the way, butt but naked. But naked. Naked. Fuck. Naked. Ah. Butt naked. He's counting to 10. We've got a stick out there that he's holding on to. current was going because there so was wind. He, so he doesn't go away. <laughs> and he's counting, and he gets so cold, he stops counting. He's like, one Mississippi. <laughs> and we get him up. We, we count to 10 for him because he's incapable, which right there, Dude, we, we probably should have <laughs> dove in and got him. <laughs> we were dying laughing, man. He gets out. His lips are blue. 
We take him to McDonald's. He got dressed, okay? He got dressed before we went to McDonald's. Dude, his junk was like steaming. Oh, I wasn't looking at his junk. (laughs) (laughs) Tell the people about his junk. Seeing as how you were. (laughs) Well, he was just like, look at my junk. (laughs) It's just like, because it was... Introverted. Well, that was normal for him. <laughs> I'm kidding. So <laughs> he got dressed, and oh. we go to McDonald's. He gets four items off the dollar menu. <laughs> so he was offered ten bucks. No, wasn't good enough. Four items off the dollar menu. Do the math. That sufficed, and oh my God. he ate his. McDonald's, his two double cheeseburgers, and his which double cheeseburgers at the time were on the dollar menu. Um, the fat guy knows, trust me. They were on the dollar menu. His chicken nuggets and his small Coke with his steaming junk. Oh, my God. Apparent steaming junk. I did not see it. But, okay, so that, that was a tangent. Schofield, we're very sorry, brother. Yeah. But Love you, man. There were no females around. It was just the band. Just so everybody knows. No we children. <laughs> just the band. Yeah, no. We did stupid shit all the time. <laughs> but I feel like even when we got into like 22, like there there were certain people, and I, I won't name names. That's something we're not going to do on this is name names, um, especially if it's any sort of thing that could potentially be taken as negative we don't want to do that. I don't want to put people on blast. It's not what the purpose of this is. But there were places that would, you know, we were young. So it's like, they, hey, we'll give you 300 in the door. And then, you know, I remember one night at a place that was doing that, we took that deal. And let me just tell you right now, don't take that deal. Know your <laughs> worth. Look around at your band. You, you, you're worth $100 a member minimum. If, if, you're, if you don't think you are, then then you you got to work harder at it because you should be. I, I think any band out there that I've seen in the scene is worth a minimum of $100. So a, a person, per person. So if, if you're getting out the door and you're not sure, uh, I don't know if we should ask for this. Because if you don't fucking think that yourself and, every, and these other people in your band taking time out of their own... Everybody's busy nowadays with so much shit going on with taking time out of their own <clears throat> day to rehearse by themselves together practices the money you put in your own damn equipment and then you're going to go to a establishment that you're hired and then say, ah, never mind. Here's the money. Yeah, absolutely. Insane. Absolutely. That's something. Your time is worth it. Dead nights happen. It sucks. I think that ultimately, at the end of it, before you're going to get out the door, you've got to make sure you feel good about the product you're going to put on the stage. And I don't see any bands around town, again, like I said, that aren't worth that. For the time they put in and what they're doing on the stage, 
they're worth a hundred dollars per person in their band. So I think that, you know, me taking that deal back then when I was, when we were 22, 23, and we all agreed to it in the band. But at the time I was the one booking the shows and dealing with the bar owners and we just wanted to play. We just wanted to get out the door. We just wanted to play. And I think in ways that's the right mentality, but at the same time, it's the wrong mentality because you're, you're hurting everybody around you when you well, take deals like that. Where we were doing this at, it worked, what, the first time? I think it worked the first time or two, and, and the, the next time, because then it hit a situation of, oh, you got to get your own door guy. Yeah. Well, and we had a, a big confrontation um, with one of the last time we're like, wow, this blows because we ended up the door guy ended up taking money from us. He took yes, he he kept telling, he kept coming up to me too when I wasn't asking. He kept being like, yeah, you guys got like fifty bucks at the door, yeah, and we, I'm doing and the head we, count. We brought people in and in and. I, I, and it was a slower night that night, but it wasn't the worst night. And I remember the door guy was not the owner. So I went up to the owner and, and this is, if anybody does know what bar I'm talking about, um, this is not a knock on the owner. This is just, you put yourself at a risk here because I went to the owner and told him, I sat down with him. And I said, Hey, you know, it's the end of the night. He says he only made 50 bucks off the door. They were charging a $3 cover. And the owner was like, yeah, it was a little slow. And I looked around the room, and I, I was like, count the heads in here. Yeah. Because there's more people in here now. Yeah. And you got your ugly lights on. There's more people in here now. Than were there earlier. Than yeah. earlier. Yeah. And there's more people than $50 worth. Yeah. So either they're letting people in. Yep, for free. For free. And that's the other thing, too. If a party bus pulls up or something, you think the bar's going to stop the party bus from coming in if they go oh well we don't want to pay cover they're going to go well the band's going to the cover or, or sorry the cover is going to the band so we'll just let them in whatever we're not going to lose money and the bar shouldn't lose money i just think that and that's something that doesn't happen nowadays i don't know of any bar that does that i'm just that's a deal that we took 10 years ago that probably wasn't the best deal and that went away the the owner fired that door guy we never saw him again and quickly that deal went away which was good because i think he was finding the same thing like okay i gotta either to be fair to the band i gotta turn people away if they don't want to pay and i don't want to turn people away so we'll let them come in um but that was something, and I think that being young and, and wanting to get out there, we were more susceptible to an idea like that, to taking an idea like that, and bars were more willing to offer us ideas like that because they knew, okay, these guys don't know any better. So what, you consider that a <clears throat> epic fail? I consider it a fail. <laughs> it wasn't an epic failure, but it was a fail <laughs> just simply from – You have to know, okay, so someone else is counting the money, someone else is watching the door, yeah. or we hire our own person, so then we're paying them a cut of the money, which they deserve because they're spending their whole night not enjoying themselves and watching working, the door. They're working for you. Exactly. So we're going to do that, or we're going. it was so hard to find people that wanted to because people are like, no, we want to come and drink and hang out. And right. it's like, well... Yeah. I don't want to tell you not to do that because that's what we want everyone to do all the time. <clears throat> yeah. 
but I just consider that to be uh, just a, a booking fail that I think is relatively common. Maybe not just in that way, but in other ways, I think sometimes we're, we're you know, you got to know your worth. And I'm not saying don't don't ever try to strong arm a bar. The bar, most bars around are fair. So it's not that it's, there are some that are not, and you got to just notice it and know that, okay, this probably isn't going to work out there. And the bar that was doing this, he was just trying an experiment. Um, I know he wasn't trying it with other bands though, that were more veterans. So I do think that my age and our age played a part in it, but I don't hold any ill will. He was trying to do what he was trying to do, and he quickly went away from it when he saw he wasn't going to work, and we never had a problem, always had a good relationship. Uh, that bar is closed now, so but I still won't say the name of it at this point in time, but it was it's closed now. Um, but the, we, I always had a good relationship with the guy all the way until the place closed, and he didn't close it because the business was bad. He just wanted to move on with his life, and that's what I understand anyway, and that's... That's cool. If he opened up another bar, I'd be playing there. So, yeah, a lot of good times there too. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Um, and then I guess what we can close with is this epic failure of one time. Oh boy! And we do. We will again. I typically won't give out names, especially with something negative. Uh, Ricky Miles Sr., Ricky's dad, he's gonna probably be someone we talk about a lot because he influenced us a lot. We've he's been doing it for a long, he's long any, time. Yeah, I mean, he's been doing it for he's retired now, but he still does it just very sporadically. But I mean, he was a weekend warrior for and even beyond that because when he first started he was telling me they were playing you know what four or five nights a week yeah. some something like that and we'll definitely have him in studio probably <clears throat> multiple times because he not only played in a band for 25 years but he ran a bar for about five years and i think had worked in a couple other bars i was gonna too. say ran yeah owned and ran his own bar for five years and then quite a few years of managing bars sure yeah other establishments sure so so he's got the in and out and this story has nothing to do with him or him doing anything wrong has nothing to do with his bar or anything like that the bar has been not under that name now for a couple years four i think four maybe five um he just got out of that business it's it's a tough business, you know, it's I just, I, I, I couldn't, I, I, I wouldn't even be capable or know where to begin. He, he, I'd sit in his office with them and hear him talking. And it was like, he's speaking another language. <laughs> he knew what he was doing. It just, I think that the amount of time and effort is, is what it is, but you know, maybe he'll, he'll shed more light on that than me. I'm, I'm just kind of speculating. We never really spoke personally about why he's not in there now, but He's doing all right. Um, but this has more to do with just something, some crazy event. And I think for for the love of God um, or the grace of God, whether or not you're religious uh, doesn't really matter. It's the only really figure of speech I can think of is by the grace of God. I don't think your dad was here this night, <laughs> but we had just gotten we wanted to add to our show. We were the young bucks on the on the 
the scene and we were adding lights we were we had a sound guy we were trying to make things look great and we added a couple of foggers ah uh, okay <laughs> oh yeah <clears throat> okay yeah you can add this to the fail list big time <laughs> so <laughs> i think the first two fails I took responsibility for, so I've got to hand a fail over to my partner in crime, Mr. Ricky Miles Jr., on this fail, which was totally probably just a slip of the thumb, but we're sitting there. We're rocking out. It's a pretty, I don't know. It's a pretty so decent night. Oh, so go this, ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Tell, no, 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 no. Tell your perspective, and I'll tell mine. I, this took place at then said bar at the time. Okay. Um... Well, I, uh, we just, like he was saying, we recently were running lights and, uh, what's something special to spruce up the, uh, the light show? What about a little bit of fog machinage, eh? And, uh, had this nice new, uh, large fog machine and, uh, had a timer to it. And we were running it, and it was in the back by me, by my stage. And uh, uh, was this towards the beginning or the end of the night? This was, I think, in the first set, okay. which is the worst time for anything <laughs> okay. to go wrong because people are still. It's weird because really all I remember is the spot, the event when it happened. Right. I, then... I believe it was early because. I still remember it pretty vividly, and I think by the third set, I would have been sloshed. Okay. <laughs> because we got sloshed in there. I, I I don't know what. I don't know how it happened. Uh, it wasn't like, you know, you you, you hit a button, and, to, and it'll, it'll shoot out until you let go, you know? And I know there was a timer on this one, but the timer wasn't set. The button wasn't in for to use a timer. Isn't there a continuous button? Isn't there a button that says continuous? I, I don't know. I couldn't remember. I ended up selling it. Oh, yeah, you did. Yeah. Yeah. Someone else is ruining <laughs> bars right now with that fog machine. Just wrecking the place. And I wasn't going to drop a name to the uh, fogger. Okay, yeah. We don't we yeah. don't know how big this podcast could get. We don't want to. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we, uh, we don't need to be getting sued. Uh... Well, anyways, so all I know is I was hitting it, and I remember I let go because we were we were playing a, a tune, and then I'm like looking forward, looking around. I'm like, man, that one hit good, because that shit got real fucking thick. Yeah. And then <laughs> and the next thing you know, it's still pumping. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not hitting it. <laughs> I I'm sitting up in the front singing the song, and at that time it I just got thicker and thicker and thicker, and the next thing you know, all you guys on the floor fucking disappear. Yeah, we did. I was on the opposite end of the stage there because we would set up as like a four piece, so we kind of me and Kyle, I believe Kyle was in the band yeah. at the time. Yeah, we split. Scope. We yeah. split center. 
So, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm stage left. You're kind of, you're in the center. Yeah. But the the fog machine is stage right behind you. Between me and Schofield. Yes. And. um, It was shooting just <laughs> straight up. Whatever it was doing, I was up there singing the song. And I don't even know what song it was. But next thing I knew, exactly that. That's probably the best way. I see fog. See a little more fog, and I'm like, okay, uh-huh. it's fogging this shit up. Yeah, because like, <laughs> yeah. like, like in room thirteen, Sean will fog shit up sometimes. He does it on purpose. Yeah. It creates cool. So I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. And then because it, mu- it must have been like a kick-ass song or something, you know, like something with that dramatic look, you know, and just fog the shit out of it. But no, the motherfucker was stuck or something, and it just kept fucking going and going and going. It's yeah. So I, it's getting thicker. It's getting thicker. I'm having a hard time seeing the audience, <laughs> and then I'm hearing, fuck, fuck, fuck. So, because <laughs> we're playing, we I were could, playing. The drums drop out. I'm just, just still hearing like, ah, what, that, and <laughs> I. Don't know what to do, but no one gives a shit about the song we're playing at that time because they all think the place is on fucking fire. So, I put my guitar down. I can't see the stand. I can't see the microphone in front of my face. I put my guitar down wherever it'll land flat. And I jump and I jump straight with my arms out, and I get down on the ground, and I'm crawling. I don't know north, south, east, west right now. I know nothing. I just know that I think I'm going in the direction of the fog machine. And right as I get close, it's like the movie Backdraft. The fog just clears ever so slightly, and I see my partner there, right down on the ground, messing with the fog machine. I'm messing with it. I just see his face. We're like three inches from each other's face, and all I see is his face floating in this cloud of smoke. And finally, he goes, I unplugged the fucker. Okay. Next thing we know, doors are open. Everything's going on. No one said shit, though. Everyone acted like it was fine. That was fucked up. It was the whole bar was was in complete golf of fog. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised the fire marshal didn't come. The whole entire bar, the entire bar was golfed in fog. The roof, the roof. The roof is on fire. We don't need no water. Let the motherfucker burn. Burn, motherfucker. Yes. And they had the back door open. They had the front door open. I don't, they had their fans on, <laughs> sucking smoke out of the room. And I just remember one of the waitresses, when the smoke cleared, she was like, she put the, the devil horns up in the air. She's like, all right. That's <laughs> like. I don't know if that was sarcasm or if she dug it. Maybe she dug it. <laughs> but a lot of fun nights there, but that was a night in which oh things were... That was weird. Things were a little weird. That was really weird. 
you couldn't see shit. No. No. Everybody just, it was like one of those, it was like the movie, the, uh, the, the fog. Yeah, absolutely. Where it would just creep in and then you'd shit would disappear. Yes. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, Everybody it was, really was gone. And and it's kind of, I'm kind of bummed because there's part of me that subconsciously hopes another band does it. <laughs> Because that's the only time I've ever seen it done is when we did it. <laughs> and it wasn't even on purpose. I know. I know. <laughs> it just happened. No one's like, I'm going to fog the fuck out of this bar. You only do that if you're mad. Don't do that anyway. <laughs> it, it's a fire hazard. But <laughs> uh, it's the, the only thing that I think would compare, not even compare, um, the only other thing that I've done that there was just no way to cover it up, not at all, is I had this flying V guitar. Oh. And. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just popped in my head the image because I, I watched it from behind. That sounds weird. Yeah. I just <laughs> oh, geez. Look at the butt on that. Yeah. He must work out. Sorry, man. I'm Drummers the, yeah. see everything from behind. Okay? <laughs> I'm just staring at your ass back If here. you are ever wondering how your ass looks in your jeans that day, <laughs> wait a set or two and ask your drummer because he knows. <laughs> yes, Anyways. I had this Flying V guitar. I bought it for 100 bucks from Gordy's Music. And I knit it. I mentioned Gordy's Music because he's he's a good guy. Cool place. You can get stuff that's used, but it's it's quality. He takes good care of it. And a lot of stuff that you don't see on every rack either. It's not generic. Every every piece of equipment in there, he's not paying us for this either, but I'm giving <laughs> okay. him a plug anyway. But every every piece I mean, of hey, if you if sponsors want to jump on, we're totally cool with that. Yeah, we would be looking for that. But you know, I'm oh, sorry. You're dropping Gordy's. I'm going to have to drop musical around. Oh, sure, in sure. Troy, in Troy, Michigan. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll have we'll to. see my man, Chris. Yeah, there you go, Chris. Now give us 20 bucks. <laughs> Advertising space would be more than that, but <laughs> give you a deal first time. You gave us deals. <laughs> Gordy, but every piece of equipment there has a story, man. Like, it's. It's a cool place, even to just go in and look around and buy strings. I'll just buy strings from him because I want to make sure he gets money just because I like uh, going in there and looking at his at his equipment, even when I'm not planning to buy it. But I bought a Flying V guitar. It was red. Yeah. I don't even remember the brand. It didn't matter. I bought Magnum. it for show. It was Magnum, yes. Yeah. I bought it for show. I think it ended up on a birthday cake somewhere. I think <laughs> not a birthday cake, a wedding cake. I think I th I think that uh, our friends Bobby and Cinnamon yeah. from Detroit Model Citizens, uh, they it was at their wedding. Yep. I also broke a mirror in my face at that wedding. Yeah, but you did. That's another we, story. We, that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> but I played a. We were playing Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah, so you were singing that song, okay. and I had this flying V at this bar, and it was a bar with a stage that's about a foot and a half off the ground, and my monitor was on the ground, you know, probably two feet from 
uh, the stage, because you got to give them room to breathe. If you don't give your monitors room to breathe and you're standing on top of them, your drummer hears them and you don't. That's why <laughs> singers, if you're ever going, I can't hear myself, and your drummer's going, I hear you great. It's because you're standing on top of it. And to be fair, sometimes we don't have the room to not stand on top of it. But that's why I had it out a little bit, room to breathe, and I'm sitting there. I play this guitar solo, and my chord came out part way at first, so you don't even fucking hear the solo. <laughs> Which some people would argue not hearing the solo was a good thing, but... I, you don't hear the solo. Then it gets to the sweet home Alabama. Ta, boom, boom, ta, where the music drops out. And I put my hands up in the air. And put, your start, hand, put your hands up, everybody. Yes, and I start to clap <laughs> to try to get the crowd to clap. And when you do things like that, you're making yourself very vulnerable. Yeah, put your hands in the air. Yeah. <laughs> You got to be assertive when you're going to do that. You got to know that, okay, I'm doing this and I don't care if it looks dumb. I'm fucking doing it. Yeah. And if I do you're it. You're fucking owning it. And I make it look badass. Everyone's going to do it. So I did it and I owned the fuck out of those hand claps. <laughs> and as I'm doing it, the straps fucking came off. It's my first show with this guitar. The straps on both sides came off. The strap came with the guitar. I figured it would last a night. Nope. No. And it doesn't bounce off the carpeted stage. Nope. And get a couple scratches on it. It lands on the floor between the monitor and the fucking stage. It does this. Yep. It makes that sound which you would think like in a movie it would make a much bigger sound if you if like if you remade this moment into a movie scene make a much bigger sound. No. No, it didn't. It just made <laughs> And the fucking neck broke. Yeah, it fucked it up. And I don't know if the neck was broken already. I doubt it cuz anything I've bought from Gordy's been great, but I think it was just the way I dropped it and where it landed, to be honest. And it was just weird, man. It was just <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So right there. First drop. Just standing there like fuck. Right in the sweet spot. Yeah, I held my hands up still. <laughs> my hands were just up in the air. And it's good. I looked down. We finished the song. I picked up the guitar that was broken, uh. looking like my life at that moment. And I just made sure that everybody knew that. I played the greatest guitar solo that they never heard while my guitar was unplugged. And then, <laughs> then I dropped the thing and it broke. So um, and I, I guess that's that's life for all of us. And we all have those stories. And I'm going to make sure any guest we get on the show that we're going to get stories like that from them. Um, this is not going to be, I know you kind of got a, bi a biopic about us, but that's not going to be the way everything goes. We just kind of wanted to... Give stories and 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 let you guys know about some of our embarrassing moments because again I, I keep emphasizing this and I think maybe people are gonna think I'm overemphasizing it and maybe I am but I just I want to keep that clear as the episodes go on refer back to this episode and know that we're just having fun we're just trying to have conversations that we all like to have with each other Absolutely. and we're gonna be getting different inputs from different people we're not experts. We want to get people who are experts in here. That's why we want to have guests, and hopefully we'll learn things from them. Uh, but th that was kind of the purpose of today's show. Give you a little introduction. Give you a couple funny stories. From here on out, every, every episode's going to have a guest that's in the scene one way or another. And 
we're going to be getting, we're kind of putting the cart before the horse here, but we will be getting a Twitter up. We will be getting our social media going on this right now. We're just kind of trying our hand at it because I've never done a podcast. I've never <laughs> done any radio, neither has Ricky. And yeah. maybe that shows to you. Maybe it doesn't, but we promise it'll get better from here. Yeah. Yep. We're new at this, but uh, we're looking forward to this journey of this new project that we're uh testing our feet in and uh yeah we're looking forward forward to the future and uh seeing where this goes we're excited about it absolutely we're it's here. all about creating a community and you know this is obviously going to pertain more to detroit area metro detroit than yeah. any other place but if you're listening somewhere else you know, I think we'd love your input, too, and hopefully maybe some of our input it can can help you and some of our guests' input can help you. Um, but, you know, it's because even, even across the board, across state, across the country, we're all in this together. This is not – there's competition, of course, but competition is healthy in this. And the fact is you need – you just like Coke needs Pepsi, you need – those good bands around so yeah you know like i was saying before how i see a great band play and i get jealous um that's good you, I, I i i like that i feel jealous of other bands out there because there's so many good bands out there and that's what keeps it thriving because if there was one or two good bands out there nope this this thing wouldn't survive it wouldn't thrive there's so many of them out there and we're gonna hopefully get a lot of those members from those bands in on this podcast thank you guys very much Love it, rock it, own it, my friends. Peace. Laters. <laughs>